the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, May the 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today is the National Day of Prayer. I'll come back to that in a moment. We'll talk a little bit about it. Today on May 6th, 1937, the hydrogen-filled German airship Hindenburg caught fire. It crashed while attempting to dock in New Jersey. 35 of the 97 people on board were killed. One crewman on the ground was also killed. Horrible. You've probably seen pictures of that. It was a horrible thing. It just burst into flames. Today in 1882, President Chester Allen Arthur, he signed the Chinese Exclusion Act. How would that play in today's culture of inclusion, word they love to use? They don't practice it, but they use that word a lot, the left. The Chinese Exclusion Act, it barred Chinese immigrants from the U.S. for 10 years. Congress had been advocating a version that banned Chinese for 20 years. So Chester Allen Arthur was uh, progressive, I guess. He reduced it to 10 years. Today in 1915, Babe Ruth hit his first Major League home run. He played then not for the Yankees, but for the Boston Red Sox. Today in 1941, comedian Bob Hope did his first USO show. He did it before an audience of servicemen. He broadcast it on the radio from Marchfield in Riverside, California, today in 1941. Today in 1942, during World War II, 15,000 American and Filipino troops on Corregidor Island surrendered to the Japanese forces. What followed that was horrendous. Today in 1954, medical student Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile in track. He ran in Oxford, England. He ran the mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. Today in 1957, John F. Kennedy's profile in Courage, it won the Pulitzer uh, Prize for biography or autobiography. And five years ago today, President Barack Obama began his attack on presumptive presidential candidate Donald Trump. From the White House, he began urging the media to undertake tougher scrutiny of presidential candidates. He said, from the White House, from the Oval Office, he said, this is not entertainment. This is not a reality show. And then it went downhill from there, as we well know, and it continues to this day. Also wanted to mention, I love baseball. Wanted to mention for some of you who may have followed baseball as a kid growing up, as I did. Remember Willie Mays? Great, great baseball player. He's 90 years old today. So you can figure out how old that makes you. And how old you were when you were watching him play. 90 years old. Happy birthday, Willie Mays, wherever he may be. 
Tuesday evening, President Trump announced that he has launched a new platform to communicate with his followers. You'll recall that he was banned from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yesterday, Facebook announced that its so-called Supreme Court has upheld for at least another six months the blacklisting of former President Donald Trump. I hope we have not crossed a bridge too far in America regarding free speech, but I want to talk to you a little bit about free speech today. America is known to be the most free and the most prosperous nation in the history of the world. And yet that's being attacked from within, even more so than from without. But let's talk just for a few minutes about the National Day of Prayer. Today is that National Day of Prayer. Christians across the nation will be praying for our nation, asking God to intervene in the assault on our very foundations. The National Day of Prayer Committee is calling our attention today to focus on, um, on praying for the nation's physical, mental, and spiritual health. They put out a statement that said, following the tumultuous year of 2020, the annual National Day of Prayer event will focus on praying for the restoration of the nation's physical, mental, and spiritual health. Then they say the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, he is there. We believe the same, and we believe that can also happen online as we connect through prayer. I would encourage you today to join millions, millions of people around the world, but across America for sure, who will be praying, praying for our nation, praying for the world, praying for our government, which is becoming something we have never known in America. And for those of you who listen to this program on the ACN American Christian Network stations. The ACN stations will be carrying a live feed of the prayer activities beginning at 8 p.m. Pacific time tonight. You might want to tune into that. I think that'll be something very productive. So thank you, ACN, and to all of you. You might want to remember to tune in tonight, 8 o'clock Pacific time on the ACN stations. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I believe there will be real and measurable results following this national day of prayer. I believe God will hear and answer the prayers of his people today. I also believe the word of the Lord from Jeremiah and all of the word of the Lord from cover to cover. I believe the Bible is inspired, infallible, inerrant. It is the word of the Lord. All things will pass away, heaven and earth, but the Bible, the word of God, will never pass away. I've built my life on that. I believe it. I can live and die with that truth, and I know many of you share that conviction. You believe that the Bible is that. Not everyone does who even claims to be Christian. But many of us do. When the Lord says, call unto me and I will answer thee, what that really means in the original language is, call unto me 
and I will answer thee. It's exactly what it it says. I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That suggests that God is going to do something when we pray. He'll answer. And he's going to do things that we don't know about. So often his ways are higher than our ways. I believe in the chaos in this country. I still believe that God is in control. And I believe that God is working all things together for his good and his purposes. And his purposes are not to see a nation that was founded on Christian, Judeo-Christian values and principles be turned into a nation of atheists, skeptics, and Pharisees. People claiming to be Christian, acting not Christian at all. People in high places of power. Beginning in the White House. I don't believe that's God's will for this country. And I don't believe that God has given up on America. I believe there is going to be a visitation. I believe that God is going to move in the hearts of people in ways that we have not seen. I don't see another Billy Graham coming. Neither does Franklin, his son. We've talked about that. I don't see another a movement like we've seen in the past, but somehow I can't see it, but I know in my spirit, I just feel that God is going to do some mighty things that we know us not. And it will be birthed in prayer. And I believe that God is going to move in hearts. We'll know it when we see it. But we may not be able to explain it in advance. But I believe that God is going to do something unusual, great, and mighty in America. I don't believe God has written off America at all. I believe we are trying to self-destruct with all the energy and the power, the prosperity that we have in our leadership group today in America. We blew it in the last election. Forget about Donald Trump for a moment. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about values. We stand at the threshold of every foundation of our institutions that were formed by godly people for the most part, relying on biblical truth to create a new nation under God, a city on a hill, all of that. But I believe God will restore. I believe God will move. I believe God will do something great and mighty in the lives of individuals across this country. And in doing so, this country will benefit. We will not bring about change and restoration through politics, but I believe we will see the politic restored and renewed through what happens in people's hearts. There will be a moral restoration before there can be a political restoration. Morality leads. Politics follow. Because often politicians don't really have deep convictions other than their desire to be elected. Our current president has said so in his life. His lifelong dream was to be president of the United States. He achieved that. So now he's, this, his strings are being pulled by every far left, right wing, or left wing uh, idiot that can get their foot in the door. He's not making all of his decisions. But that will end. God will bring that to a different conclusion. 
And I believe our nation will see a visitation of God. I truly believe that. And I know not everyone agrees with me on that. Uh, There are people that I admire and I like, and they disagree, but that's how I feel about it. So prayer is so vitally important, particularly at this time. Let's talk for a moment about Donald Trump. This isn't about him, but you can't ignore him. He hasn't gone away. Fox News reported exclusively Tuesday evening that former President Trump launched a communications platform on Tuesday. They say it will serve as a place to speak freely and safely. And by the way, it's up. In fact, I wrote an article on this today, and you can go to that at faithandfreedom.us. And you can see it. I put a link to his new platform, and he's putting messages on there like mad, I could tell you, as he does. He says, and the people working with him say, this will be a place to speak freely and safely and will eventually give him the ability to communicate directly with his followers. After months of being banned from sites like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and that, this new presence allows Trump to post comments and images and videos. A video posted to the platform Tuesday night, it says, In a time of silence and lies, and then it's followed by various news reports describing his suspension from Twitter back when they did it some months ago, about several months ago. It continues, quote, a beacon of freedom arises, a place to speak freely and safely. The video then shows the new platform continuing straight from the desk of Donald J. Trump. This space allows Trump to post. It allows followers to share the former president's posts to Twitter and Facebook. However, the new platform does not yet have a feature to allow users to reply or to engage in Trump's posts. It's essentially a one-way communication at this point. It also has a sign-up list for people to enter their phone numbers and your email addresses if you want to do that, and you can uh, receive alerts when Trump posts a new message. I suspect you would be getting a lot of alerts if you sign up for that. But anyway, that's on our website, faithandfreedom.us. You can go to just the article that I wrote today about this subject. Yesterday, Facebook's Supreme Court, that's what they call it, or others are calling it that. They call it their moderation group, I think, or something like that. But the Supreme Court upheld Mark Zuckerberg's blacklisting of former president, giving Facebook another six months to announce whether it will lift the suspension of permanently or permanently delete his page. They had said it was permanent. Mark Zuckerberg said that, actually. But this Supreme Court, this moderation group that they're telling the public is not really controlled by Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, it is. But they're saying they're independent, and they can act independently, and they have a, a, a paragraph that they're putting out there today. This comes almost exactly four months since the Capitol riots, which resulted in Trump's suspension. Four months since the social media masters of the universe decided to dispense with him, away with him. Former President Trump, he responded, he said it's a total disgrace and embarrassment to our country. He says he believes big tech will pay a political price for taking away his free speech. Again, putting Donald Trump aside, I hope they do pay a political price because they need to. They're assuming the role of God. They're not God. And as Pope John Paul said once, and I'm not a Catholic, but I remember some of his words, and I certainly remember these. John Paul once said, 
We have a real problem when people try to assume the role of God and they are not God. Well, I would agree with that. Trump says that all of this shows that the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. They are. He's right. And it's proof of Facebook's continued censorship of free speech and of their continued deception. So who's on this board? Who oversees this board? It's in the news. There's a lot of people talking about it last night and today. Well, this oversight board, they announced themselves as coming into being last year with volumes of words. I, I, even I, and I, I read a lot uh, for this program. Even I got tired of reading it all, but I read most of it. I mean, it goes on and on. It's voluminous. But what struck me was one paragraph in this oversight board that is now ruling the world. I mean, there's billions of people on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know that. You're probably one of them. What struck me in this announcing of ourselves as the oversight board of the Internet, social media, they said the board, this is a quote, the board will review whether content is consistent with Facebook and Instagram's policies and values, as well as the commitment to upholding freedom of expression within the framework of international, <clears throat> the framework of international norms of human rights. Who decides what is internationally normal? Well, they do, of course. So they decide regarding the freedom of expression. Well, what part does China play in that? What part does Russia play in that? What part does some crackpot third world dictator or elitist, a far left activist? Who decides what's normal? You've got to have some kind of a basis to build what is, what is truth. That's why the person that builds their lives on the rock of Jesus Christ, the word of God, he was the word of God made flesh, the storms come and our lives stand. The person who lives, builds their life, their house on the sands, Jesus himself taught this. Those who build their life on the sands or their social media or whatever, when the storms come, they collapse. And that's exactly what these people are doing. They're, they're creating this, this kind of an illusion that they are international, and they are, the board, I'll get to that in a moment, but that they are international and they're creating this international norm regarding freedom of expression. And so everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. The initial 16 members of this new model of content moderation, they're listed in this. The goal says that they're going to grow it to about 40 members. I'm not sure today how many are on there, to be honest with you, but they started out with 16 there may be 20 or so on there now, something like that. But anyway, members include the former editor-in-chief of the far-left Guardian News. That's an organization that's part of George Soros' Open Society Project. Noah Feldman, he's on there. One of the Democrats' expert witnesses during the Trump impeachment process. This Nicholas Suzar, who once said he loved an article that he read comparing President Trump to Adolf Hitler. The board is a list of far-left radical activists who promote progressive agenda, including globalism. For the most part, these people don't even like America. They believe in an open border 
globalistic society. So they're going to be deciding what is free speech for Americans and the rest of the world, and who can and who cannot use their platform, even though the government carved out special arrangements for them so that they, they cannot be sued. They remove the liability of what they're doing. So you can't sue them. You can sue radio and TV stations, but you can't sue the, the social media platforms. And that's what gave them rise. And the government, our own government, said back in the day when they didn't know they were going to become what they are, and they never heard of Mark Zuckerberg, probably, or maybe they were hearing about him. Facebook was born on a lie and a deception. Mark Zuckerberg was actually working for a couple of guys at Harvard. They were all students there. I'm sure you've heard the story. There's a movie made about it. I think it's called the movie's called I think it's called Social Media or something. Marjorie and I watched it here a few years ago. I mean, it tells the story. There was a couple of very wealthy kids there. I mean, they were from a wealthy family. They were brothers or twins or something. But anyway, it was two brothers. And uh, they had the idea of something like Facebook just for the students on the campus at Harvard. So they hired Mark Zuckerberg because he was pretty handy with this newly developing, you know, IT kind of stuff. And he was supposed to be working for them. And he figured out their idea and what they wanted to do. And then he kept stalling them. They kept paying him. And they kept asking him, you know, how's it coming? How's it coming? He goes, well, I need more time. I need more time. Finally, he developed their idea while they were paying him to work for them. And then he launched it and cut them out. Honest. Some years later, he ended up paying them $200 million, which by then was a was drop in the bucket because he had launched Facebook off their idea while on their payroll and cut them out of it. That's how Facebook was born, just so you'll know. So when you think, oh, he's just trying to give us a platform. No, he's not. He's a very deceptive person. Deceptive to the core. I've never met him, but I've watched him. And he'll come in and he acts sincere in front of Congress and Congress gets all outraged and they pound on their their little lecterns in there and they wah, 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 and they go on and they say, we're not going to have this. We're going to. And he gets on his jet and goes home and says, hi, took care of that. And he did. Our Congress won't even move a finger to bring this under control when they could do it because they created the monster. I'm not calling Zuckerberg a monster. I am calling him deceitful. But Facebook and social media has become a monster. And it's devouring the most precious principles and freedoms that we have, that we have considered God-given, not Mark Zuckerberg-given or whomever, or Dorsey, who owns or runs Twitter, all of these people on this board, when you hear about this in the news, and it's in the news today, and it was in the news last night, just keep in mind that they all receive six-figure compensation, a hundred grand or more per year, and they meet. And if you spread out their time that they meet, and I know they're paying for their quote-unquote abilities and influence, they meet, on average, 15 minutes a day. They don't do that every day. But, I mean, if you averaged it out, the time they spend together this over this last year, it's 15 minutes a day. Zuckerberg makes no pretense of sincerity with this board of, of little gods. Does he really think that all of us are going to buy this and believe this? 
Well, he may be right. A lot of people do. They say, well, this board is going to correct it. No, they're not. They're just going to put up a faux, a veneer kind of. No, no one should really care what this over, oversight board says or does. It's just a faux veneer of expertise and legitimacy. It's a process to entirely appear to be subjective, but it's illegitimate. It's not Facebook making an arbitrary, capricious decision. The Oversight Board, which is wholly independent, it's not. The board is selected by Facebook, paid by Facebook, subject to Facebook's rules, and accountable only to Facebook, who is Mark Zuckerberg. Conservatives, especially the think tanks in Washington, D.C., treat this Oversight Board like like they're actually a governmental body or something. They're not. They're people from all over the world. Only five of them are Americans. The rest of them are from someplace else. What do they know about free speech? Anyway, enough of that. But I thought you should know that. This isn't what it appears. Not at all. Trump said what Facebook, Twitter, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. It is. And again, forget about Donald Trump for a moment. Think of him just as an American who loves his country. And I believe he does. He said these Corrupt social media companies must pay a political price, and they should. But will they? I don't know. I don't know if anybody in Congress has the guts to stand up to them. A few do, but it will take more than a few. But all of these people put their little fists on the lectern, and they come home to their district, and they tell you, I'm fighting for you. No, they're not. They're going along with this by their silence. James Madison said, James Madison said, and you'll recognize these words, he basically created what we know as the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Throughout the history of our country, Madison's First Amendment has been under attack. This isn't the first time. I would suggest to you, if you look at history, we don't have time to go into that, but a uh, this Alan Guzlow, who is the author and professor of the Civil War era and director of Civil War Studies at Gettysburg College. He's written an in-depth article about for the City Journal <clears throat> that's titled Free Speech in Its Present Crisis. And he talks about the history of the attacks on free speech. They've always been attacking that. George Washington warned us in some of his last words as president. He said, for if men are to be precluded from offering their sentiments on a matter which may involve the most serious and alarming consequences, then can in Uh, That can invite the consideration of mankind. Reason is of no use to us. He said, the freedom of speech may be taken away, and dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to a slaughter. When you pray today, remember America and remember the God-given freedoms that we have. And freedom of speech, freedom of religious expression are certainly among them. Thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 
98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for being with me today. Always a pleasure. I'll see you right here tomorrow.